everybody! Welcome to a new episode of the Chaos and Shadow Podcast. My name is Kyle, and I'm joined here by my co-host, Pagan. How are you doing this week? Doing great. So excited for tonight's episode. I know. And listen to that cool theme music. We just got it all faded out nicely here so we can do that live on, on Twitch while we're doing it. So a reminder to everyone out there listening in the podcast space, this episode's being recorded on well, actually, I should say broadcasted live on Twitch at the time. So throughout, we'll take some questions from the audience as appropriate. We'll work them in here. Um, and tonight's episode, I guess we should say, is about sleep paralysis. And we're going to segue a little bit into shadow people. Are you excited, Pagan? Yes, I'm so excited. Now, this one was kind of your idea, right? This is this is a little yes. bit. You want to tell them about that? Yeah, I can totally tell them about it. So we decided that because we took such a huge long chunk of time with our last date of new hampshire that we kind of felt like everyone needed a palate cleanser even us and so everybody's kind of been asking us to dive into specific topics within the paranormal but we can't really seem to figure out how to fit them in so lo and behold now we have a whole new thing that we're going to do between areas i suppose not necessarily states but areas um, that are going to be our palate cleanser episodes like this one. And we decided to actually start with sleep paralysis because we had a lot of people actually starting to submit stories about it to us. And so we wanted to see what we could find out, where the the split between medical and paranormal begins mm-hmm. and all that. But we'll talk more about that here in a few minutes. Yeah, no, I think that was very well said. Like, like you covered there well. We want to give you guys a little palate cleanser episodes. And like you pointed out, it is a huge struggle trying to figure out where do you begin chipping away at the massive glacier, <laughs> huge glacier that is paranormal stuff. I mean, when you start at one corner, uh, you immediately need to run the whole way to the opposite because in these last episodes, we've name dropped things like Fae, Demons, all the rest. To some degree, uh, I would say if anyone out there is listening to any of these episodes and we, we say something that you guys don't know, first of all, feel free to write into the show. But second of all, nothing wrong with popping open Google on the side because it is something we want to address. We want to start doing these more, maybe we could call them almost like fundamentals episodes where we talk about mm-hmm. a large concept. Because again, it's going gonna, it's gonna to apply throughout. I have no doubt that as we keep diving through states, we're going to see uh, large encounters with shadow people and sleep paralysis so again we're trying to get you guys the lexicon of knowledge but that is going to be very hard to get you those words that jargon um it's going to be something that we need to piecemeal together and as peg and i have said we like to look at this show as like a campfire story where we're bringing some famous cases and some smaller cases to light Mm -hmm. so hopefully that hopefully you guys bear with us and like i said if there's ever a question you're more than welcome to ask and we will do our very best to try and incorporate that and in some ways we are going to try and work off of um uh, smaller definitions too so that we're giving you guys the words that you need uh you know teaching you maybe some vocabulary but without popping open that whole other can of worms at the wrong moment or something like that so Uh, hopefully this is going to work out very well for you guys. We want to make it as succinct as possible. I will say before we dive into uh, the stuff this week that we have so many amazing things going over on Patreon. Huge thank you to all of our subscribers. I I think we're going to save that for the end, but I kind of want to do it at the start and do a shout out to Sarah, Ninth Pawn, Red Got Games, and Prince of Nothing who are all supporting us over there. You guys have been keeping us doing amazing things like writing articles. I did a UFO (laughs) one this last week. Um, on the free side, Pagan knocked out another Tarot Tuesday, which people are loving. So if anyone wants to check that out, again, totally free. We did, yes. 
our uh what was it our commentary episode yes that was fun you want to talk very that briefly about fun. that pagan what we kind of did yes with it? absolutely the this week's or i should say this last this month i i, I feel like we're already in mm-hmm. september even though we're still in august but this month's commentary episode was actually over the un- new unsolved mysteries berkshire ufo massachusetts yeah. ufo incident and so uh, we talked a little bit about it. We talked a little bit about our thoughts on the show in general, but we also talked a lot about the case itself and how it actually tied in with some of our cases that we've already covered. So if you guys are interested in that, head over to Patreon and check it out. Ah, and that's true. And, and that some of that stuff comes out for as low as $5 a month, you guys. A cup of coffee supports the stream and uh, yeah, and get you a whole bonus episode. And like I said, you can choose to optionally go up from there. All helps the stream. All gets our, you know, gets us growing as, as a brand, keeps our hardware and all that in line. So thank you again to everyone that goes way above and beyond to do that. Uh, Glitchy Boy in chat says, I like my coffee. Well, you know what's even better than coffee is coffee plus an episode of uh, of Chaos and Shadow bonus. So again, thank you guys for that. Without further ado, Pagan, shall I kick it off about the medical side of this phenomenon? Yeah, go for it. Okay, let's knock this right out of the park to begin. So sleep paralysis, is it real? First of all, yes. Medically, it is, it is totally an understood thing. There's many medical sources online that go into it. Uh, my mother is also a respiratory therapist who I was able to poke and just ask her about it, too. I was like, do you know about this? Because she's only semi-open to the paranormal. So it was, it was fun to hear her kind of more skeptical or, like, analytical uh, professional approach. Because she's someone, the respiratory therapist, fits people for their CPAP machines and all that good stuff. And as we'll dive in, those are kind of triggers to this. So, without further ado, it should uh, it should be said that we are not medical professionals. Nothing we give in this episode should be taken as strict medical fact, nor should you go out and try and apply anything you hear and expect uh, that we can substitute for your doctor. Because we definitely cannot. <laughs> Maybe your witch doctor, but not your actual doctor. <laughs> so, what the heck is this phenomena, when, medically speaking? Well... I got this from a great article on Very Well Health. They had a very nice little explanation. Actually, two. One that talked about symptoms and uh, I think one that talked about causes. So first of all, sleep paralysis is the presence or persistence of features of rapid eye movement, a.k.a. your REM sleep. And basically, that's your transition in and out of sleep. So it may also occur when you're first falling asleep. Uh, Otherwise, usually it happens when you're, you're waking up. Estimated to occur to a whopping 20% of healthy people. That is wild. I also heard someone else out there on the internet claiming that about one out of four, one out of five people may have that happen to them. And again, healthy folks. So it could, it's happened to me personally. Uh, during REM, REM sleep, your mind is active. You might actually uh, have vivid images, uh, sights, sounds, other feelings, kind of hallucinations, if you will. And actually, there's strong linkings to hallucinations. Might be afraid, might feel like it's a nightmare. At the same time, your body is paralyzed, which is the super scary part for most people. So it is, it is <laughs> very concerning in many ways. Um, and basically, kind of summarize all of that, and we'll dive in deeper, but to summarize that sort of stuff... It's, it's like you're, 
your brain has woken up when your body hasn't. And I guess I should add on there that, again, medically, your body locks itself when you're sleeping at night so that you're not wandering around, so you're not acting out those dreams. Otherwise, anytime you have a, you know, maybe a fighting dream, you're a superhero, you might be like punching your mom. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> the human body tries to prevent you doing that or trying to fly out of a window by, you know, actually locking your body down. I, I've heard this, and I, I shouldn't maybe say this as fact, but I've also heard that kind of dogs lack the strong part of that, hence why you'll see them running a lot in their dreams. You know, they're not as locked down as us humans because they jump in and out of their sleep phases way quicker too, right? So you, if you want like a kind of a, an example of what would happen if we didn't have this paralysis, um, there you go, your own dog. But for us, again, the shady part is when you're awake, but your body is not. Megan, have you had this happen to you? I don't think I've ever had actual sleep paralysis. Now, I've had some scary incidences with sleepwalking, but that's a totally different thing. Ooh. Actually, because you're right, it is. But I, I wondered how much of a degree, right? Because that would probably be the opposite of sleep paralysis then, right? Because that is that mechanism failing you and your body's going up and doing it. Yeah, your... I would say so. You remember when people were, like, eating their phones in the 90s off of, like... Oh, I don't know if it was it was one of those sleep aids. Do you do you remember hearing that? No. <laughs> I want to say I, I'm sorry. Uh, here goes our Ambien sponsorship. And Ambien, I'm sorry if this wasn't you. I'm pretty sure it was. It was it was that huge phase. It was whoever had like that butterfly commercial and it would come through the window and like land on them. And yeah, that was <laughs> that was them. And then a lot of news articles were coming out. And I don't know how true all of these were. I'm just going off of memory. But there were stories like man tries to peanut butter his phone and eat it. And by the way, not cell phone. This is like 90s style, like larger phones. And he's trying to cook that up in the kitchen in the middle of the night. So be careful about your sleep aids, chat. This is a a well-known concern. So, Megan, you said you haven't had it, and that's interesting. No. I, on the flip side, have. It's it's definitely a, a, a creepy thing. Do you want to maybe talk about some of the types of encounters you can have? Yes, I can totally talk about some of those types Lay of encounters. On. So, some of those encounters, um, they you might have experiences of the sexual nature with an incubus or a succubus, and where... An, some folks will claim um, terrible sexual violating acts will happen to them during these events. And that usually is involving an incubus or a succubus. Or you'll have some sort of presence of, of like a weight on your chest. Mm. Uh, people have reported feeling like a decomposing body just toppled down on top of them. Uh, the other things that they would experience would be the feeling of an intruder or a malevolent, malevolent entity and vestibular motor hallucinations, also known as an out-of-body experience. So that's kind of where it goes from the medical side to the paranormal side. But interestingly enough, we're going to talk a little bit about how the brain can make you think that it's paranormal when it's actually not. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, so those so that was interesting to find out that again, I'd seen it summarized down to three recurring like Pagan said in an incubus or a weight on the chest. I've had the weight on my chest just once in my life. It wasn't I the I guess the intent or like the feeling that 
maybe like the underlying track to said waking uh, sleep paralysis sort of thing was definitely a, 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 a malevolent sort of thing. I want to say all these years later, like it wasn't that big of a deal. It didn't, it hasn't left a huge scarring fear in my life. Um, but I think at the time it was, and like I said, I definitely remember a weight on my, my chest. I've had some other sleep paralysis that definitely tends to be that that second one you mentioned that's maybe like a lot more the intruder feeling or a malevolent entity in the room. I heard a lot of folks online describing this as maybe like a shadow person in their doorway or mm-hmm. all kinds of things like that. Um, and then finally, the out of body, which you and I were kind of talking about, might leans a little bit closer to like the astral projection side because yes. you're floating. The cases in that are very much what traditional astral projection is, where you're floating around the room and seeing your body. So very, very interesting. So, yeah, it is definitely very interesting. So the I guess the question is, what makes this a medical thing go from medical to paranormal? And even if it's dreams or hallucinations, the question ultimately is, why are so many people seeing the same thing? Mm. Even if these people don't have any connection to the paranormal, like they are just not interested, don't know about it. And not only that, a lot of people also feel like they're being kind of abducted by aliens at the same time. And some of these people that are describing this feeling have never even looked into alien abductions, don't know anything about it or anything beyond kind of what they see in Hollywood. So why is it that so many people are seeing those different scenarios happening or experiencing versus seeing these scenarios happen to them and everybody is pretty much saying the exact same thing? Bingo! That really leads well into the paranormal, because up until what we said so far, um, that is at least all agreed on medically, to to some extent, of course, that, you know, people... your body will just do the locking down. That is normal. What really stands out, like you said, is how common these tropes uh, or, or, you know, uh, archetypes, I guess, that are appearing in in the corner. Um, There's there's a story we'll get into later about a certain hat man that a lot of people see. But Mm -hmm. it was really interesting. I think one of the last videos I wound up watching was on YouTube where they had a um, uh, someone with their doctorate, I think, of psychology. And then I think the other person was a medical doctor, I want to say. And they were both trying to explain it from different standpoints. Both of them were very interested in the recurring imagery. And mm-hmm. the the guy that was more the PhD, uh, he could have been anthropology a bit, too, because he was very much talking the cultural side of things. He was trying to find maybe cultural links Um, One that was actually a really good one was the Freddy Krueger idea. He goes, well, you know, many people may uh, inadvertently be channeling a Freddy Krueger sort of vibe, especially when we talk about this hat man later. You know, Freddy Krueger has a hat he appears in dreams. The idea of getting attacked in bed um, doesn't really explain older cases, though, pre-Freddy Krueger. And and I'm a guy that doesn't even like that sort of show. I would never personally seek out uh, Nightmare on Elm Street sort of thing. It's just not my jam. Sorry, you know, cult classic people out there i i i i have it's just not my thing so i doubt he would be appearing in the corner of my eye and i'm so glad pagan because off camera you and i had said to each other like why don't more people see fluffy unicorns and rainbows and happy things why aren't there puppies jumping on your chest instead of a, a demon just sitting there um that'd be a lot better you can smother me in a puppy blanket any day but 
that is the you know that is the question why why is it all this this mean dark unknown and they haven't exactly figured it out we'll, we'll touch a little bit on it later um a, a, as we talk about kind of what cortexes of the brain get triggered and all that but i don't know how, how are you feeling on this subject Fagan? what do you think about I'm these occurrences thinking that it's just extremely interesting but like you i i i guess when it comes to the quote-unquote hat man I would never associate with Freddy Krueger because I've never seen Nightmare on Elm Street. So even if I had experienced this, how many people have not seen Nightmare on Elm Street but have had this happen and have seen the quote-unquote hat man? And then at that point, you can't really say, oh, it's, you know, linking it to Freddy Krueger and all that because some of those people, I guarantee, have never seen him. Don't Mm -hmm. even know what he looks like. I didn't even know what he looked like until I played Dead by Daylight. Oh, wow. Wow. How did you skate Freddy Krueger that long? It just didn't seem appealing to me. (laughs) It was never an appealing movie to me. Sorry, Hollywood, but y'all should have tried harder. (laughs) So so that is actually an interesting point where I I guess I will will, um, point something out just for the sake of it. Where in, in, I guess, letting some of this sink into our brain, we don't necessarily need to watch all of it so much as even know of it, you know, because that's how the brain works. It doesn't you can you can you can accidentally write the plot to a film you've never seen before. And then, you know, you say to your friend, I that sounds like a terrible film. I would never watch this. And I'm like, that's that, that's only the credits you totally misunderstood so it is an interesting thing i'm just gonna throw that out there it doesn't sound like you know you mentioned not even knowing what he looked like and so you played that game recently um and Mm -hmm. and definitely not not gonna be the answer for everyone um 12 a sided guy in our twitch chat here is saying even the amish have reported uh things that match the sighting so amish people again being very uh you know segregated from traditional society in terms of technology i doubt they're going to be freddy krueger experts pagan they i'd be very surprised if they heard about freddy krueger before you did in that case same so i would very much think that the amish have no idea because i as far as i know that any sort of like outside kind of sources even Short of it, maybe like a newspaper, I think maybe even newspapers are actually banned in Amish culture. So that's for them to quote unquote know of Freddy Krueger would be extremely rare and something would have had to have happened for them to actually know that. And it's just highly unlikely, highly unlikely. So we have some stuff here about paralysis around the world. Would you like to touch on that or shall I? Yes. Um, if, well, we can actually, there's quite a few you different things. Split them? Split it down the middle. Okie doke. Uh, you want to dive in so, first? Yeah. I was going to say, let's talk about Brazil. Mm. Brazil, and there are folkloric tales of a creature with long fingernails that lurks on people's rooftops at night. The creature is called a uh, pisaderia. Yeah, that looks right. I'm probably right. that, but I'm guessing that's pretty close. Uh, comes into a person's house and tramples on their chest for, of those who sleep. Oh, jeez. Yikes. <laughs> so that one to me sounds a lot like the old hag kind of stories that we hear about with sleep paralysis. But we'll talk more about that in just a minute. But first, let's go from Brazil to Spain. Mm-hmm. In parts of Spain, Spain has a tale of a pasanta a black animal, often a dog or a cat, that invades people's homes and sits on their chest while they are asleep, making it difficult for them to breathe and even causing nightmares. Yikes. 
So what are your thoughts on that? Do you, do you think that maybe the uh, Pisadera or Pisadaria from uh, Brazil is what's might be people are thinking with the old hag kind of stories that we hear associated with the sleep paralysis? Well, I definitely can't ignore the connection between Spain and Brazil when, you know, colonizing uh, colonialism in the South American area. Huge, huge Spanish and and Portuguese influence down there. So I I could definitely see these uh, these two stories even being merges of one another in a way. I I don't speak many, if at all, Spanish. I I think I know no words in Spanish, really. But um, they kind of look very similar on paper too. the Pasanta and the Pasadaria. Like, it kind of makes me wonder if some of that is a trickle down. Clearly a change in the appearance of it going from a dog or a cat to some sort of, you know, otherwise creature that's jumping on your chest and things like that. But it makes me kind of wonder if some of sleep paralysis, uh, I guess it brings up a larger, just more meta question going forward. Are other, some cultures maybe more predisposed to it um, in terms of even just the lore of it? Like, do some of them have more built in lore and mythology sort of things? But that's a question I'm just posing to the universe that we'll, we'll kind of see as, as we move through. That is a very interesting kind of thing when it comes to the culture as well. And this is not something that I would say that is just unique to one type of culture. It's everywhere. I literally just picked and choosed when I was coming up with our notes and all that mm-hmm. different cultures. And I only grabbed four or five of them to, because it's everywhere. It's not just a singular culture that has sleep paralysis. Mm-mm. Everybody has it, which yep. if it's a worldwide phenomenon, I would say that there's something definitely more than medical because the whole world wouldn't be experiencing something if, you know, it was just simply a medical thing. Well, I guess I will ask a question off of that. When you say the whole world wouldn't experience it, do you mean like we wouldn't recur- have the same recurring patterns or do you mean right, they- okay. recurring patterns? Yes. I was going to say, because I could see, no, 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 you're fine. I just want to clarify because I was going to say I could totally see, you know, if it's one out of five people, it's just being a human genetic. But again, you're totally right with the, the type of imagery that, that comes through. It's very strange that it's all in the same, I guess, thing for the most part. Um, I guess it should also be said that for as scary as it is, probably the ones that have the scary moments are also reported the most, I would say. You know, the, the, if, if someone out there is having some lighter versions of this, it's probably going to be a little less reported. So that, that is just fair disclosure. Um, but but very, very interesting. Would you like me to dive into some others that I could yeah, share? Yeah, definitely. So in the Inuit culture, for example, the people there uh, tell of shamans who can cast a spell when the person's sleeping. The spell is going to cause an experience called... Uh, Buckle up, everybody. <laughs> Ukumangarinik. I hope I... <laughs> There's no way our Inuits out there are not you're rolling so in there. So basically, during the Ukumangarinik, uh, the person can't move, they can't talk, they can't scream, and they feel like they're visited by a dark, shapeless, or faceless presence, which again right back on the nose about these kind of yes. shadow figures. 
Um, there's another one here, or I should say, it'd be good to note that um, shamanism being a healing practice, it's not actually like a dark practice. So for anyone out there, you know, when you hear about shamanism, usually uh, very akin to the more uh, like earth nature elements. It's all about healing, not very much about destruction. And that usually even translates into our, our video game lore that we love so much, right? For our gamers out there, the no shaman type characters, again, it tends to be very earthly. It's it's not on like the, the spell casting and the cursing side so much. So, uh, you know, to, to hear that kind of, of difference there, um, it actually makes me just pose a question again. I wonder... Hearing a shaman involved and hearing some of these these entities, I wonder if in any way this is kind of related to a uh, something similar to walking the astral plane to to having a spirit guide because shamanism again ties heavily into that. So I guess I guess in terms of having access to that sort of magic in a way, not totally out of the realm of reality, just different, not one that I'd be familiar with. Yes. Um, when I was writing up the notes for this, I, I did some digging into shamanism because very much from my own knowledge, shamanism is not a dark practice. It is a healing practice. But there is something that is called black shamanism um, or Ooh. dark shamans. And these are shamans who know the practice, who have basically learned the craft, but actually do wish to harm people. They are very rare in the... And I hate using this term, but it is unfortunately a, a term that is easier than the other terms that they threw out there. But the sh shamanic kind of culture. But if you actually talk to a shaman, they hate that term. And I apologize to any shamans out there for using it. But I don't remember the other terms off the top of my head. So I apologize. They're not a fan of the word like shamanic culture. They do not like the word shamanic. It's oh. actually a different, uh, a different word. It's like I, huh. it's not shamanism or anything like that because the they don't attribute to being a shaman to religion, and sure. so the ism part is actually akin to very much the like Buddhism, Hinduism, oh. those types of religions, and so they actually very much dislike it. So I apologize to any sort of shamans no, out there. That is such good information. Pagan has just totally enlightened me. I'm, I'm really glad you shared, and I'm glad you looked that up, because well, now we know we're going to have to open a topic on shamanism in the future, you guys. This is an exciting thing we, we talked about. I actually about. totally want to learn it. Like, I, I totally <laughs> want to learn the craft of shamanism. It sounds um, absolutely fascinating, though. It really does. So as you go on that adventure, we want to go with you, Pagan. Um, yes. Finally here for people around the world, uh, Japanese folklore refers to a summoner who calls upon vengeful spirits to suffocate enemies through a phenomenon called Kanashibari. Kanashibari. I may not have butchered that as badly. For some reason, <laughs> Japanese just has a flow to it that I can maybe do. Kanashibari is how I would say that, and they would probably laugh at me. Uh, it is the state of being totally bound as if contained by metal chains. Wow. So we've, we've talked about what? Brazil? Spain? Uh, who, who did I just talk about a second ago? We're the Inuit. The Inuit. And then finally, the Japanese. All, all four. Plus, you know traditional talking about here in america um someone in twitch chat here actually mentions that russian immigrants to the states uh mentioned something like the hat man in the past too so you can see this is a very shared phenomena around the world and i guess kind of figuring out what some of these entities are would would behoove us um do we want to maybe give the chat a little bit of detail about shadow people begging 
Yes. Um, so Wikipedia actually describes a shadow person, also known as a shadow figure, shadow being, or black mass, is the perception of a patch of shadow as a living humanoid figure and interpreted as a presence of a spirit or other entity believers in the paranormal or the supernatural. So that's kind of the clinical definition of a shadow person. But a shadow mm-hmm. person is in so many different cultures, so many so, so many different legends, and there's so much lore about them. Uh, they link from everything from demonic cultures all the way through the alien types of cultures. And many believe that, including myself, I believe that shadow people are actually not of our universe or not of our world. I believe that they come from somewhere else. And this is just kind of my own personal opinion. And it's not a set completely hundred percent in stone because as much as we know about shadow people, we know nothing at the exact same time because they are such an elusive thing. And the same could be said with the paranormal. We know so much about the paranormal, but at the same time, we know nothing. Yeah, I agree. And someone in chat actually uh, kind of it was jokingly teasing us a second ago saying Wikipedia is a source. Yes, actually, for, for paranormal stuff, um, considering, you know, what it is, uh, Wikipedia is actually a fantastic area to get uh, very cursory. Now, Pagan and I only use it for our cursory stuff. We also use mm-hmm. it to start off searches because keeping in mind the paranormal being something that isn't quantified or qualified in many ways it is the it is the dangerous part of the craft that you know most hugely academic sources uh, fail to agree i guess on on just large topics all around so when we try and present this stuff just so anyone out there is wondering we like to give a good wikipedia definition for some of it because it's just so uh, I guess it's just so it's so bland that it gives us an agreeable starting point for some of these things. Because shadow people, my goodness, Pagan and I were just talking. We actually plan all teas for the future. You guys, we're doing a whole episode on shadow people someday. So yeah. hold on to your butts as we get through this. <laughs> so yeah, grab your blankets, folks. It's gonna get scary. Uh-huh. <laughs> so what the heck? So we're seeing these these what we say the shadow entities are black masses. That's something I've heard a lot is that they don't always even get a physical form to them so much as like a cloud of energy, if you might call it almost a mist of miasma in the corner. Um, you've maybe seen in films, but you know, definitely written accounts that testify or you know or claim it to be on the ceiling. Um, so not always even you know standing or walking so much as kind of floating in being there now i had one experience in my life where i think i woke up and saw something like that in the corner not a scary dream ironically uh but i can say i you know felt that at least once in my life and can definitely see why these are be terrifying things for the people that are going through it yes i completely agree with that i i've dealt with some shadow people in my past as well and they are somewhere between very curious entities and downright batshit scary. Mm. They there's not really much happy medium between those two. Um and the the weird thing is they can come in all shapes and forms and sizes. And I've even heard of shadow people even masking themselves often as animals. Like we heard about in Spain with the black animals, often a dog or a cat. Those could also be attributed to the quote-unquote shadow people or shadow figure phenomenon. So that's very interesting that, again, we're seeing a lot of shadow people and the associations with 
the sleep paralysis from around the world. Well said. Uh, so we have coming up here, I, I, I guess uh, you have maybe a question in our notes uh, asking mm-hmm. about is the body using astral projection as a defense to kind of, I'm guessing, scoot out of these situations. Did you come across any of that, Pagan, people saying that? So, yes, I did. Um, a lot of sleep paralysis um, phenomenon, there's people that believe that the entity is actually feeding on the soul or trying to actually steal the soul from the body. And that's why you're kind of held in bed and you can't really move and you experience this or you feel a presence over the top of you. Um, some people have reported also feeling extremely drained after these incidences. Uh, so that's kind of one of those things. And astral projection or the out-of-body experience has also been a kind of side effect, I guess, of this kind of phenomenon. So when it comes to these kind of things, I guess the the ultimate question would be, is the body basically forcing you to go into an astral projection state Mm -hmm. or an out-of-body experience state as a defense from whatever is trying to feed off of you? And that's where some people describe astral projection as the soul taking kind of a walk outside of your body and it's still tied to you you still have your quote-unquote as we call it in witchcraft your tether or your cord still tied to your physical body but it allows you to kind of wander through the spirit realm so is this why people are describing these types of feeling of flying around the room or flying through you know, there there was one case that I read that they flew through forests, which is very common with astral projection. So it, are these people being forced into an astral projection state as a defense? And I kind of asked this question, not just of myself, which I think is a possibility, mm-hmm. but I also wanted to hear your thoughts on it, Kyle. Well, I, I guess I guess that that big, induces my next question, if you will, uh, which is a question about the phenomenon itself. We talked about being medical. We talked about what aspects of it are paranormal. But to answer the question you just posed, I would have to ask, do we think these are is sleep paralysis in some ways a paranormally induced sort of thing, or is it paranormally Im- abused? So to differentiate, what I guess I mean by that is paranormal, uh, if it's paranormally induced, that would then be like a spirit coming up to you while you're sleeping and kind of waking you into this phase uh, where then it can take advantage of you, which again fits into the the personally described lore of it, right? That there's an entity in the corner and it's coming at me for some reason, whether it's just torturing me by its stare, whether it's on my chest. Again, there's some sort of negative aspect. So you wonder, did, did, did the supernatural put them into that phase? Or again, back on the medical aspect, did the body trigger this and it's a paranormally abused sort of thing where when you're in that form maybe it's kind of like a little bit of a beacon to the bottom feeders if you will that come by and go oh look there's someone that already can't move you know <laughs> let me just mm-hmm. feed off of this person I, I i smelled blood in the water like a shark right so you know they could maybe pick up on that but if i can uh, i'll throw in some other little medical anecdotes here that i picked yeah. up please do so and when, then we'll come back to our questions and discuss them in further detail after you yeah. your medical 
Yeah, and I, I think I think we're going to have a hard time actually even even kind of answering these today because um, because these aren't questions that you and I can answer, right? Because this is this is a much larger phenomena. So, in some ways, let's look at it like this: um, on a more medical side of the fence, the phenomena is a disturbance to the parietal cortex of the brain. This is an area that interprets your senses, it allows you to create uh, spatially coordinated images. So, can definitely explain the first two things that we talked about, which are um, the incubus or the weight on the chest or secondly the intruder or malevolent entity you know this is the part of the brain you know it's it's having a hard time processing it's been jostled out of sleep um, some people say you know they're fully awake when they're in sleep paralysis some say they are only partially so again if you think about in a partial in a dream sense uh, if the parietal cortex is having a hard time figuring things out it, it's going to be guessing and, and shooting in the dark but another one I thought was really interesting that, that begins to explain some of the others, again, not medical professionals, but um, schizophrenia apparently can trigger some of these cases. So schizophrenics, um, oftentimes you'll hear things where they may either hearing voices or seeing things like audiovisual hallucinations. Um, and those can be tracked back to similar parts of the brain. Um, also, the LSD can affect. And that's where people say these two in particular really can result in the flying around the room. So, yeah, I guess if you're looking for an answer to it, I don't know. I don't think we're at necessarily a point yet to give a hard one because I stand in the middle of, yes, these cases are recurring. But knowing how medically approved, how many medical ways you can affect this and you can affect the brain through very simple stimulation, even just, you know, electromagnetic stimulation can do crazy things to the brain, both in good and bad ways. I think it's very hard to say. It would be very interesting, in my opinion, if, if we got uh, people during a sleep study where they're, they're seeing a lot of this. So I guess that's my answer. So um, my kind of thoughts on this is uh, when it comes to the people hearing voices and mm -hmm. all that, obviously not every case of sleep paralysis that has voices associated with it is linked to schizophrenia. Those are just some of the more medical kind of causes for it. So I just want to definitely dif differentiate that sometimes there are differences between those two. The LSD, Wait, could you say that again? Between which two? Between the schizophrenia and the hearing voices. So, oh, yes, so yes, yes. Definitely on the paranormal spectrum. We'll be hearing those voices, experiencing that. And we'll have no medical causes to back that up. So... That's definitely something that links to the more paranormal side mm -hmm. as well. And the other aspect is you interestingly talked about sleep studies. Mm -hmm. I've had three sleep studies done. Mm -hmm. And I, I have to because I have sleep apnea. I've had it since I was a small child. And so the sleep studies are very strange things. And most of the time they take place in a hospital. Mm -hmm. And Hospitals have very weird things that happen. So I, I can't say that I've ever experienced sleep paralysis per se, but I have had a paranormal experience while having a sleep study done. Ooh, that sounds like some extra. Uh, stay around for the after show chat. We can stay probably coax, coax that out of Pagan. <laughs> Um, uh, I, it sounds very like that's that's such an interesting kind of stance on it. And, and you know, you bring up a big question when you talked about schizophrenia. 
you know, and again, how I was referencing it was saying that there is a, a kind of a linkage between that part of the brain. It makes mm, yes. me wonder if people, I wonder if that part of the brain is also tied in with mediumship in some way. But that, again, is a question I just pose for the future. But I wonder if people that are predisposed to seeing spirits and entities like that also have an increase in activity or something like that in that part of the brain. It would be very interesting to see a linkage. And I know what my homework is tonight. I do know for a fact that some mediums mm-hmm. were diagnosed as schizophrenics back before there was proper testing for it. And because people didn't want to believe in the paranormal, they didn't believe that you could be seeing spirits, you could be hearing voices that were not there, mm-hmm. not there, chat. And I say this with air quotes for those who are listening. Um, and for those who were experiencing this getting diagnosed with schizophrenia is the worst possible case for a medium because mediums are not crazy. I am a medium. I'm not crazy. I'm not a crazy person. I can very much say that when it comes to that moment of, am I crazy or am I hearing something when you're first learning how to deal with that? Absolutely. You think you're batshit nuts, mm-hmm. but after a while you realize that this is a reality and it's not something psychological and you can go and get the medical test done and make sure that there's nothing wrong with you. And ultimately when they come back completely negative, then you can say, well, yeah, I I'm a medium. And I'm not crazy. But before these tests, you know, having somebody who is a medium and having schizophrenia is definitely those lines were very blurred back in the day. So I could see that how that would be an interesting correlation. And I I'm kind of with you on this one, Kyle. I Mm -hmm. very much want to know if the uh, parietal cortex is where the mediumship abilities actually sit. It's 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 just so interesting. I, I, again, if for anyone out there, I, I'm truly a guy that believes that way more of. I, I guess this is this this opens a, a larger conversation just for way in the future. But I mean, for anyone out there, I guess my stance is one that I recognize uh, how we as humans study and learn and epistemology and all that sort of stuff. We, like you said, with schizophrenia and, and just medical conditions in general, often have classified many things only to later realize, oh, yeah, that was a real thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I apply that very much to the paranormal, right? I think that people, not to be rude or, or skeptics out there, because I think any skeptic that's, that's listening has an interest. I think one of the worst things we could do as, as scientists or just open-minded people is draw that arbitrary line in the sand and be like, this is reality, because I said, even though we have thousands of years of experience of, you know, people saying that bloodletting was affixed to this and they said mercury was affixed to that. Like we've done all of this. And it's so fun how people in 2020, 100 percent optional blinders. They're like, no, no, no. Humans are always right no matter what. And it's like, when? When has that happened in humanity that we called it right the first time? Was it when we said that the Earth was the center of the universe? How about, you know, any of the other times after that? It is that question of, like, where do we draw that line between what is accepted science, what is pseudoscience, and then what is just paranormal science, which maybe even to give a small definition of paranormal, which is anything that's outside the realm of accepted science. So 
it's this is one of those great cases where science agrees with half of what we talked about tonight, and then science would probably disagree with maybe the second half of what we talked about. However, when you got scientists recognizing that linkage between the two, well, that's just fascinating, isn't it? It is. And this is, I would say, one of those phenomenon where, uh, you know, I've read so many stories on this in the last week or so that people go to their doctors and they say, oh, I'm experiencing sleep paralysis. And then they say, I don't know if y'all can hear that. Apparently, mm. one of my dogs is standing right outside my door and is itching. Oh, gosh. <laughs> like vibrating through the walls. Spooky. So I'm just like, what is that noise? Uh, apologies, Chad. We can't. Um, so the, uh, when it comes to the sleep paralysis, there's so much phenomenon that is associated with people seeing the aspects of am I crazy? Is this happening? Is it real? And they've had medical tests done and the medical community is coming back and saying, this might actually be paranormal. There's nothing wrong with you. Indeed. And when the medical community is coming back to you and saying, this might be paranormal, that is not only a huge leap for the science behind the paranormal, but is also really terrifying and really crazy. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. So one guy we said we were going to talk about a little earlier and, and kind of didn't. I've got a picture up on screen so chat can see him is, is the hat man. We've talked around him. But just to give you a, a very brief synopsis, we kind of went back and forth or, or maybe I did in, in wanting to talk about this guy. Because as many pieces of evidence that there are on the Internet about this hat man, there are. Hmm, I'd say equal to half of that amount is like it's just Reddit reports and, you know, home, homebrewed stories, which not to say that that stuff is completely invalid. But I think pretty much everyone that's been to Reddit knows it is a storytelling community by its very nature um, with its Reddit no sleep and all these other things. So Slenderman, all that kind of stuff. It makes me wonder how, how much of this is documentable real versus how much of this is kind of just in our in our minds. Um but I guess that's what this topic is about. So to give a very brief synopsis, um, this shadow man, this hat man, appears with what's said to be either a pointy or wide brim hat. The brim seems to be the recurring feature. If you Google him, you see a lot of similar imagery about this guy. But he apparently is one of the people that will show up in the sleep paralysis cases. Some say that he actually leads um, or is the leader of many shadow people. Um, but it's it's a hard one to say. I, I, I'm not sure. He's a guy I'm very interested in putting a pin in and learning more as time goes on because I want to know. I want to see this develop. Though at the same time, it feels like, uh, I don't want to say just a new phenomenon, but maybe a new internet craze. So there's not a ton, a ton, ton of information out there on him yet. That's very true. And I have a feeling that um, the hat man is probably going to be one of the chaos and shadow potential unsolved cases that, that we're going to keep researching as time goes on because of the fact that in reality, there really isn't that much information. There's a lot of speculation. There's a lot of user accounts. Again, I say that with air quotations because a lot of the things that I was seeing were on sites like Reddit. And they just really are, nothing is super substantiated yet. And perhaps maybe this is just a thing of 
Nobody wanted to talk about it because it was too strange and too weird and too scary. And then somebody did and they're like, you know, I've had the same experience. And that's kind of how a lot of paranormal experience phenomenon, I suppose you could say, comes out. And people don't want to talk about it at first because we have this great stigma, especially in America, of if you say that you've experienced something paranormal, you're automatically crazy. And it kind of goes back to that schizophrenia and mediumship kind of thing where you're not allowed to break outside the norm. And so a lot of people, unfortunately, their cases really do go undocumented. They they go unspoken because they just don't want to be labeled as crazy. Which is really sad. It is very, very, very sad. Hey, we, you know, we're talking about all the time with the UFO stuff, right? Like that is the big thing is we have these trained professionals who are flying billion dollar aircrafts that are seeing these things. And yet, you know, they can't report things they're seeing because like you just said, there's a stigma around the paranormal. So we need to buck that. And we're getting a little bit low on time for this episode because this has been a such a phenomenal topic. But it really has. I want to give you guys four quick um, kind of medically suggested routes that you could take if you're eager to prevent sleep paralysis because this can be something that really inhibits people's lives none of these things are outside the medical realm so i feel very safe giving these to you these are common life things reducing caffeine intake when is that bad for you i mean it makes you uncomfortable when i love my caffeine but it makes sense caffeine intake definitely at the wrong time is going to mess up your sleep schedule and it does seem like the people that are predisposed to having sleep paralysis may also very much have underlying sleep disorders to begin with, right? Just whether they're light sleepers, whether their rhythm is all thrown off, whether whatever that case might be. Melatonin set of back, something. They seem triggerable by it. So again, that would be one of the first things a doctor would say if you, you know, kind of had insomnia and all that is, we'll cut the caffeine, we're going to reduce that. So that's a safe one. Same with alcohol too. Alcohol is also very much in that caffeine realm. Um, A lot of these were tied to jet lag sort of things, or people say it's very tied to that. So folks will say, you know, they they had a flight and then they may have had sleep paralysis following, which makes, again, total sense because you are blowing that sleep schedule out of the water. Finally, the most common that I think messes up all of our uh, sleep schedules is stress because... No matter how much you want to avoid it, no matter how much you want to put off that project that you know you shouldn't even be worrying about yet, it has a great way of being that last thing you think about before you go to sleep at night when you have that, oh, crap, did I did I actually do the thing I was supposed to do? Did I pay that bill? And so those yep. stresses, again, interrupt. They get in the way. I mean, how many of you have had a, a work dream before? Those are I may take sleep paralysis over a work dream. As a guy that's had both, I'll tell you what, I've woken up <laughs> chipper with the sleep paralysis, but those work dreams kill me. So, again, it all ties together. You know, our dreams are very much in- influenced by our waking reality, and I say vice versa a bit as well. Um, you know, definitely sets my mood for the day. So, taking good care of yourself is is, is a big, big, big thing with all of this. And I feel pretty content, Pagan, to kind of leave them with that. We have a, a listener story that we're going to read out in our after show today. Um, yes. Anything else you want to tack on here, Pagan? Because we're going to get through some call outs at the end, but anything else with uh, supernatural you know, folks? The only supernatural thing that, that I would suppose that we've really, um, they do say one last thing mm-hmm. about how you can prevent it. Some say it actually is just unavoidable because it's a form of dreaming and we can't stop ourselves from dreaming. Ooh, that's a fair point. Well, so 
Sorry to leave you on a creepy note, but this is a paranormal podcast. It is. Well, <laughs> and it's a great reminder. I just talked about uh, listener stories. We encourage you guys go over to the website, chaosandshadow.com. We would love to hear your listener stories. We have a great submission form. We're actually going to work on expanding it out and giving it its own web page. That way it can collect some other information. Um, you can share as much or as little as you like, but I've, I've added to it. Um, whenever we go live with the newer variant, it'll have the time and date, also location that you can put in. That way you could even tell us just country-wise so we know, or state, whatever would guide us, just so we're hearing. Because we've got, gosh, what would you say, upwards of 10, close maybe to 15 stories that have come in yeah. now? Definitely at least that many. And they come from all parts of the world. And and we have a lot of American folks, obviously, because we're based in America. But we do have a a few people from overseas and uh, the European countries and all that. So I would say keep submitting the stories. And we love hearing from you no matter where you're from. We think hear them all. About it. We're like episode seven, I think. So that means that two people have been sending in a story per episode, roughly, which is fantastic. You guys, we love it. Share away. Um, just, just please, please, please. We absolutely adore that. Called out some Patreons earlier. So again, if you guys want to get on that list, if you want to get your shout out in an episode, please, please, please. Patreon.com forward slash chaos and shadow. Um, we'll have all the links in your podcast player or YouTube in the description below. Um, but these again are all up on the website. So you can very, very easily grab them. I want to do a five star shout out, um, review shout out from our friend Kick. These mean a ton to us. If you are using iTunes to listen to this or any other podcast platform that lets you uh, write up a review, we would love to include these. We put them up on the website as well. But Kick wrote in and said, I absolutely love the podcast. Kyle and Pagan really do their research and have uh, put together a very polished and professional podcast full of all kinds of information and interesting topics. Frequently updated with lots of free content for those in the paranormal and extra amazing goodies for those who want to subscribe. Okay, Kick's doing us a shout out in her review. I love it. Kick, subtle promo the whole way. Really worth checking out. (laughs) Yeah, if you're into the paranormal, these two really know their stuff and have a real passion for the subject and it shows in their work. Hell, that's a really nice one. Thank you so much. So if you guys want to send those in, those help a ton. You can just go on to iTunes, drop that review, Google. I'm trying to think where all you can do it. We use a site that's growing and growing and growing called Pod Chaser. So if you guys spin that website up they we're on there and they have a very nice review feature um also why don't we talk about our our twitter a little bit you've been kicking butt over there yes um you can find us on twitter at chaos and shadow uh our twitter we post all sorts of different things we retweet from our fellow paranormal friends as well so you will see all sorts of great content coming through our twitter you can also stay up to date with what kyle and i are doing behind the scenes and just kind of some fun little stuff that we're working on and listening to and reading throughout the week. So if you guys want to go check us out on the Chaos and Shadow Twitter, you can also find us on Instagram at Chaos and Shadow Podcast. Again, all sorts of really cool stuff that we just find super interesting stuff we're reading, stuff we're ch- watching, uh, great little tidbits, uh, fun little kind of promo stuff, and all sorts of great stuff. So check those out. If you do, if you can't find us on chaosandshadow.com and you just want to email us directly, you can email us directly at mysteriesofchaosandshadow at gmail.com if you have a great story. 
that you want to share with us. We'd love to hear from you. Yes, please. And if you want to share it with friends, that is how podcasts live and breathe. So if you've got creepy paranormal friends out there that you think would enjoy this, family, whoever it is, send them a link to it from your favorite podcast player. They'll 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 get a kick out of it, I'm sure. Pagan, I'm not yeah. letting you off the hook without pimping out your own Twitch stream as well. You can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash penguinwolf13. I play all sorts of fun things uh, from Dying Light to The Sims to uh, Fallout 76. And I also paint on my streams. Uh, Probably on Saturday, we're going to do a fun painting of some sort. So you guys should come check it out. And I look forward to seeing all of you. And you can always talk to me about the paranormal on my show as well on my channel. I love talking about it pretty much nonstop. So I'm very I kind true. Of breathe paranormal. Yeah, so. that happened in Discord the other day. I was just hanging out. We we're playing a game, and a friend came by in the Discord server, and uh, and they were just chatting about their paranormal story. So I'll say, get your butts in there. Discord.gg forward slash kds. And I think the very last shout out for today will be come on by the Twitch stream uh, if you want to subscribe. That's amazing. You get ad free viewing over here. All kinds of cool stuff. You get fun. <laughs> cute 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 emotes that are all little cryptids as well from krakens to goat men to aliens it's a great amount so thanks to our friend clerical apathy for making those for the show huge shout out to dangerous who made our uh, intro and outro music for today gonna have links in the bio for that just absolutely blown away by that so huge shout out um, and again i guess i didn't say it twitch.tv forward slash kyle dempster studios is where you can find us we are live here uh 7 p.m eastern is when we formally kick off the podcast on thursday nights saturday we have something in the works for the future uh tuesdays at 6 p.m eastern is the time of us just dorking around watching some of those absolutely ridiculous top 10 paranormal videos because i almost cry with how bad some of the fake editing is in some some of them are compelling some of them are downright pagan you had us watching a girl filming a tiktok and i couldn't I, I I about died of laughter, and uh, honestly, they, we call them spooky videos because they are clickbaited as spooky, paranormally kind of haunted videos of some sort. But truth be told, they're absolutely hilarious. So if you want to come by for kind of a spooky time and kind of a good laugh time and just a roundabout great time to talk mm-hmm. with us about paranormal, ask your questions, all that good stuff, drop by on Tuesdays. Indeed. Thank you all for listening. We will talk to you guys next week, 7 p.m. Eastern here on Twitch, and it'll be on your podcast player probably on Saturday. That looks like the day we're getting them up there. So enjoy. You guys be safe. Don't forget to submit your stories, and we'll catch you next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.